And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. DirecTV gives you access to apps like Netflix and live sports right next to each other. I don't get it. Let me put it in pigeon terms. It's like that one amazing dumpster with the old fruit and cardboard all in one place. How am I supposed to keep up with illustrative metaphors when you are making me so hungry? Get live TV and streaming apps together without a satellite. Visit directtv.com. Requires high-speed internet-connected Gemini device and separate paid subscription to watch Netflix on DirecTV. Terms and restrictions apply. The Athletic. How do you fill a Sam Kerr-shaped hole? You pay a world record fee. Chelsea women, um, they have confirmed the signing of Myra Ramirez from Levante. So who is Myra Ramirez? And why did Chelsea pay so much for the Colombian forward? I'm Sophie Penny, and from The Athletic, this is Full Time You. A world record signing calls for a bonus episode, so I'm here with the Athletics women's football reporter Charlotte Harper. Buenos dias, Charlotte. Buenos dias, Sophie. ¿Cómo estás? Muy bien, muy bien. And it's a full-time debut for the Athletics soccer writer who covers South American football. Felipe Cardenas joins us from Atlanta in the US. Hi, Felipe. Hola, hola. ¿Cómo están? Muy bien, muy bien. Pleasure to be here. <laughs> Great to have you on. First of all, what were your personal reactions to this deal, Charlotte, first? I wasn't disappointed, but I wasn't blown away. I think it's a fun signing and it also confirms some thoughts about Chelsea's squad, which we'll dig into further on in the show. We'll definitely get into that later. Felipe, what did you think? Well, I mean, obviously, I, I am Colombian born, so I was very happy and very proud of of this uh, milestone in women's football. But, but like Charlotte, I think when you see the fee, you you realize the realities of women's football and 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 the fact that there this is still a, a sport that's moving forward. But this is honestly like a big signing. I think this is a, a sign of what's to come. Yeah, and we'll definitely get on to kind of the wider impact on women's football and that world record fee in a bit, Charlotte. What? Can you tell us about the deal? It's a world record fee sort of with a caveat, isn't it? Yes. So Chelsea paid €450,000, which is £384,000 as a fixed fee. And then that includes add-ons of up to €50,000, so £42,600 with the conversion rates. The add-ons will be paid if Ramirez meets performance objectives. And one of those was, for example, playing 30% of matches. So Levante feel those objectives will be met. That means the total sum, so we're talking £426,000, around that figure um, surpasses the fee Barcelona paid Manchester City, which was approximately £400,000, including add-ons for Kira Walsh in 2022. And that's even when you consider currency exchange rates this is believed to be a world record fee if those add-ons are met and paid. The WSL record was also broken. City reportedly paid around £300,000 in 2023 for Jill Ward. And we also have to consider that Chelsea sold Jesse Fleming to Portland Thorns for around £250,000. So when you can take that into consideration as well, Chelsea have forked out around £200,000 uh, for Mera Ramirez. 
Mm. And it's a four and a half year deal, isn't it? So quite quite a long deal. What can you tell us about how the deal came about? I think a few fans were saying, was it accelerated because Sam Kerr did her ACL and they needed to find a forward or was it being planned for January anyway? My understanding is that Ramirez had been on Chelsea's radar for the last few years, as her to Levante teammate Albert Redondo too. This was definitely accelerated by Sam Kerr's ACL injury. They needed to cover there. If Mia Fischel were to be injured, for example, their lack of depth in that striker area would have been very scarce. We broke on The Athletic last week that Sam has agreed a deal in principle to extend her contract. It's also telling that Ramirez has signed a four and a half year deal. So this is a long-term project and I imagine Chelsea will reassess Kerr's contract when that time comes after her ACL rehabilitation. The post-Emma Hayes era, which will be an interesting kind of concept at Chelsea, won't it? Um, Felipe, I think a few people in the UK reading about the signing might not know very much about Ramirez. What can you tell us about her? We'll get into the kind of football tactics side in a little bit, but what's the kind of basic overview? Yeah, I mean, if you hit the, the 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 common stats here, you know, she's a 24 year old. She she obviously was was very well known in the last World Cup, helping Colombia progress to that quarterfinal. That was a massive story in Colombia uh, with the fact that that women's team, which I think now is becoming very much a golden generation, uh, ha- having been so competitive at that World Cup, and 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 Mayra Ramirez was 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 a big player for that team, and and I think that's that describes her entire career. She's never been a star, but she has always been a very key contributor uh, on each team that she's ever been on. She started playing as a professional at 16 years old. She's 24 now. Uh, starting at 16, honestly, is is pretty typical in in Colombia and in South American women's football because you know in Colombia, for instance, the women's uh, first division uh, only began in 2017, and so there weren't professional players to pluck from. And a lot of the players that that made up of the, these teams were teenagers. Uh, and Mayra Ramirez was one of those people. You know, she she was again she played for a big club in Colombia, Independiente de Medellin, which on the men's side is one of the most uh, well known men's football teams in Colombia. Uh, and, and she again she wasn't a star on that team, but she just scored goals, and she was. Uh, relentless worker. And and so I think that is what describes her. And that's what got her to Europe. That's what defined her in Spain. Uh, And I think that's what Chelsea fans are really going to like about her because she is just incredibly hardworking. And for a defender, she's honestly the type of center forward that I would really, really hate to play against because she (laughs) does not quit for 90 minutes. Mm, And what is her style of play as a center forward on the pitch then? Well, this is interesting because, you know, she, like a lot of kids, uh, boys and girls in Colombia, she grew up playing futsal. And, and I know that sport isn't as popular in Europe. It is very popular in, in South America. It's it's essentially how a lot of kids, especially in Colombia, get their start with football. And and if you know about if you know anything about futsal, the ball is heavier, it's smaller. Uh, typically, you're playing on the equivalent of of I guess like a basketball court, a hard floor, uh, and it really helps players with tight technique. Dribbling is, imp- is is very important in futsal. One touch, two touch, 
uh, and, and all those types of uh, tight controls that that you see from professional players. So Maida Ramirez grew up playing futsal. That was her beginning. Uh, and I think when you see her, you know, she she does have uh, the, the physical attributes to be a big number nine, someone that can stay up top, be a target. But those skills with her feet, I think, is what surprises a lot of people. She can turn on you very quickly. Uh, she can find her own shot, create her own shots around the box. And the one thing that I think people saw a lot of her in the World Cup uh, last year was, you know, if she finds space, she's going to take it. And she's she's very comfortable playing on, on either flank. She's not just a static number nine that's going to stay in the box. Uh, and so you have to be aware of her at all times. She's she, she's honestly not someone that you will miss because she is very physical presence in the box and she wants to be on the ball. She wants to play. But if you move her around that 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 front three, you know, she can do a lot of damage. So I'm very interested, interested to see how this how that game translates to England, where the defenders, I think, are, are are much more used to that type of four than they perhaps were in Spain. But I think she will fool some people with that old school futsal skill. Mm, and the way she turns on the ball is just a joy to watch from the, from the clips that I've I've been seeing. How do you think she'll fit into Chelsea's front line? She subbed on for Lauren James at the weekend in the 67th minute against Brighton. But as Felipe said, she can kind of play all the way across the front line as well. Yeah, I think the primary role is to fill that number nine. She's a Sam Kerr replacement, even though Sam Kerr is irreplaceable. And we've seen Chelsea without Kerr, and they've used a combination of Fischl, Kirby, and James in that number nine role. But I think with Ramirez, she's a good box striker. She gets into good shooting positions. She can finish really well. She scored 20 goals from an XG of 15.2 since joining Levante. So converts lower probability shots into more goals. That's a sign of a good finisher. Distance from goal is very short when she's taking shots. So I expect kind of Chelsea to operate as they have been and and Ramirez to come in and, and convert. What's interesting is she's not too active defensively. So I don't expect her to be dropping deep to help progress play. She'll be wanting to cause those centre-backs problems very good hold-up play, get in the box um, and to pounce on any loose balls or any crosses. One thing is really interesting in how she's going to fit into Chelsea is the language. Mm. Hayes, Emma Hayes speaks Spanish. I don't know how how advanced that is going to be with Ramirez and also Hayes is only going to be there for the next four months. I saw a really fun, well, interesting clip with Erin uh, Cuthbert who was pointing to the left, izquierda, and saying right, derecha, but she didn't know the way for front. Adelante. Um, Hannah Hampton spent five years at Villarreal from the age of five to 10. So there, there is a little bit, but that communication is going to be really key. And I think it's quite a statement that Fischl isn't quite up to scratch yet. You you would naturally think that Mia Fischl would come in to take that number nine position off Sam Kerr but she has been an understudy. And that was the plan all along. It was to give me official time. But it is telling that Emma Hayes hasn't started me official as often. And Emma Hayes saying me official needs minutes, but is not starting her. Again, Frank Kirby's contract is up this summer as well. 
So what does that mean for her? She used to play in the number nine, as more filled in as the number 10 and for England and Chelsea. And then we've got Kat Macario coming back from injury. So lots at play, but I think really this world record fee, we need a striker. Mera Ramirez, even coming on against Sunday, is statement of intent from Chelsea that they need a goal scorer. And they need her quick as well. I think Emma Hayes made no bones about the fact that she wanted to bed Ramirez in very, very quickly. I want to come on to what the reaction's been like in the UK and Colombia and kind of why this world record fee was spent for Ramirez next. But first, thanks to Google Pixel, let's go beyond the frame with Jesse Barker Humphreys at Stamford Bridge. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Beyond the Frame with Google Pixel. Everything you're about to hear has been recorded using Google Pixel's Audio Magic Eraser tool. That means that instead of our journalist's audio being drowned out by the crowd... The audio sounds just the way the journalist you're about to hear wants you to. You'll hear them loud and clear thanks to Audio Magic Eraser removing distracting sounds in Beyond the Frame. Requires Google Photos app. May not work on all images or all audio elements. Something that was really important for Chelsea today that I feel like might get a bit overlooked given Lauren James's hat-trick was the full debut for Natalie Bjorn, Chelsea's new defensive signing that they got from Everton. Um, Obviously, Millie Bright currently unavailable for the WSL champions. Obviously, she's club captain as well. I think in some of the games towards the end of 2023, we saw a bit of naivety from Chelsea's defence, a lack of confidence. And Bjorn is obviously a a senior international for Sweden. And I think in this game against United, it was really noticeable how trusted um, she's become almost immediately as as soon as she's joined the club. Emma Hayes comparing her in in post-match to former captain Magda Eriksson. And it was really telling that as the game went on and Chelsea at points were struggling with the pressure United were putting on them, uh, Bjorn was the, the defender who stayed on the pitch. Kadisha Buchanan came off for Jess Carter. And I, I think that shows how, you know, immediately Bjorn's really gone high up the pecking order at the club. Lovely assist as well uh, for Chelsea's second goal. So I think definitely Bjorn is going to be a player who's going to have a really important to, role to play for, for Chelsea as the season goes on. And uh, her performance today at Stamford Bridge really cemented that. Beyond the Frame with Google Pixel. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. DirecTV gives you access to apps like Netflix and live sports right next to each other. I don't get it. Let me put it in pigeon terms. It's like that one amazing dumpster with the old fruits and cardboard all in one place. How am I supposed to keep up with illustrative metaphors when you are making me so hungry? Get live TV and streaming apps together without a satellite. Visit directtv.com. Requires high-speed internet-connected Gemini device and separate paid subscription to watch Netflix on DirecTV. Terms and restrictions apply. Sophie Penny, Charlotte Harper and Felipe Cardenas here with you on Full Time Europe. 
I want to delve into the fact that this was a world record fee and perhaps a slightly more surprising world record fee than the Kira Walsh, Walsh uh, move to Barcelona. Why do you, you both think that Chelsea actually broke the world record in this scenario? Was it because of the scenario or was it purely because of what Ramirez can offer? I think it's a bit of both. You know, Chelsea needed it a decent replacement quickly and Levante needed cash. So Levante <laughs> CEO Jose Del Villa said in December, the club has a debt of 107 million. Uh, their priority was to get their men's first team back into the top light and they announced that they were cutting the women's team budget. So Chelsea, big player in the women's team, come saying we need a striker. Maria Ramirez is our ideal candidate. Levante saying... We need the money and we're probably going to use the fact that Chelsea have money to our advantage and demand a fee that has broken the world record. I don't think if you said world record fee, you wouldn't immediately think of Mera Ramirez purely as a striker in her own right. Yeah, I know. I, I think that's I think that's very fair from Charlotte because even even me, who I'm a big fan of Maria Ramirez, I think she really came onto the international scene during that World Cup. I was surprised that she was the player. Like she will go down in history as the most expensive signing to date in women's football. That was not expected. You know, I think typically you would think that the, a player like that is someone that's going to hold that title. You know, I think of someone in on her own national team, Linda Caicedo, who is just, you know, within the top three among the FIFA, the best awards for women's football player of the year as an 18 year old. You know, that's the type of player that you think, ooh, eventually, you know, she's going to be a record signing. Uh, but, you know, I think Charlotte covered it well. There's a lot of factors here that led to Maida being that person right now for Chelsea. Uh, the financials for Levante, obviously, I think that's a very important thing to point out. And one thing that I'll say that which came out of Colombia when reporting this story, you know, they cited a study, a FIFA study from their legal and compliance department saying that, you know, for so long over over the years in women's football, so many women's football players have moved to teams as, as free agents. And so there hasn't been a lot of transactions, but over for the sixth consecutive year, you're, they're starting to, to see a shift there 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 are more player transfers happening uh according to this study 829 transfers occurred over the last six years uh from team to team and so you're starting to see that movement financially but again i was surprised that it was my daily media obviously great for colombia great for 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 herself for her brand and for what she's going to accomplish uh in one of the most important women's football leagues in the world but yeah i think what charlotte said nailed it. a lot of factors contributed to that I also think, Sophie, that the previous record was Kira Walsh from Man City to Barcelona after winning the Euros. Mm. Everyone was talking about Kira Walsh that summer. Her performances, her reputation. If I'm going to get a deep line midfielder, it's Walsh. She's number one on the list. And again, that was uh, accelerated by Alexia Putez's injury. But if I think I'm going to get the number one striker, Mera Ramirez didn't you know, spring to mind. But... Maybe it, it could be savvy business from Chelsea, given she's only 24. So there is still a, a long journey ahead for this player. And the women's game will move into this market, as I've written about before, in terms of scouting. Chelsea's scouting and their proactiveness is really finding the marginal gains. And 
this will become more and more apparent in the women's game, how you'll kind of not say Mara Ramirez is a rough diamond at all. I don't think so. But there will be more hidden gems in the women's game who clubs will be savvy enough to scout, to buy and then sell on in the future. Could also be a sign of the times as well. I mean, the growth in the amount of money in women's football is kind of exponential at the moment. So the fact that a record is being broken is perhaps less surprising than than people might think. You've also got to look at Chelsea's situation, you know, since the new owners came in and May 2022, they spent over £1 billion on transfers alone. So maybe that's also part of the Chelsea mindset as well. Well, if you're spending a billion on your men's side, 400,000 euros, well, <laughs> sorry, 400,000 pounds is really a rounding figure. And, and, if it, and if it's going to make the difference, if it's going to keep Chelsea at the top of the WSL and, and in with a chance of the Champions League, then why wouldn't you do that as a club? Charlotte, you you said something that's really important. I, I speak to, over the last few years, I've met more agents on the women's football side, that specifically that represent players in South America uh, and even more specifically in Colombia. And the one thing that they tell me is that they, they have a goal to, to, to get these players out of their domestic leagues. Yes, it's great to grow the leagues in South America. They deserve that. Uh, there's there's now more commitment from sponsors in, in a lot of these countries, especially in Colombia, where the Women's Football League almost folded uh, until sponsors came in and really stepped up. But they, according to the agents I speak to, they're like, they some of these teams in Europe and even in the, in the NWSL don't know the quality of players that, that are just sitting there waiting for them to be scouted. And perhaps someone like Mayra Ramirez to Charlotte's point that isn't the superstar that, that perhaps surprised people with being a, a record fee will open that door to, to more players moving from South America to bigger leagues around the world. What impact do you think it will have on Colombian football? Do you think it will be that far reaching? Because obviously it's massive to have a Colombian name as the world record signing. I think the impact will be will be significant. And and based on just what how the press covered this in Colombia, this was not on the back page. This was front page news. This was very popular uh, in Colombia. You had the, the top men... Uh, sports journalists covering this story uh, and doing their best to cover it well and to understand why this player and the fee is a world record fee. Uh, you know, if you look at the Colombian women's national team, though, I, I think they w- are one of the more progressive women's national teams in terms of player transfers. They have players at Atletico Madrid. Obviously, Lina Caicedo is is at Real Madrid, other players throughout Spain, uh, and, and other players that are stars on their teams in Colombia for big clubs in Colombia. And so this perhaps is, is a sign that in Colombia, when, when the league was, was about to fold and, and threatened to fold just a few years ago, and the sponsors stepped in, uh, they're going to see that it's worth it. It's worth it to support women's professional football in Colombia. We can produce big time players. Those players can play at very ma- uh, massive clubs like Chelsea uh, and that it's worth it to back the sport. Honestly, they say it all the time. Lina Kaisa, when I spoke to her for a story for The Athletic last year, she said it. This is a, an 18 year old who I think it's incredible that she wants to inspire little girls to continue to play because they don't they don't have the same path to professional football as as boys do that's just a fact and so i think when you see these these women footballers 
commit to being professionals, to, to battle for being professionals, and then get to the highest league in the world, that's going to convince people in Colombia that it's worth supporting. And honestly, like I said before, I think this national team in particular is very well loved. It's their beloved and they are considered a golden generation. So this is sort of in line with that as well. Mm. And not only the impact it's going to have in Colombia, it could have an impact in Levante. We're saying the financial situation wasn't good there. You know, what can that extra money do? Could they keep a few more players? They're currently third in the Liga Efe behind Real Madrid and Barcelona. You know, could could that have an impact? I don't know. Potentially that's wishful thinking. But one other reaction that we've noticed, haven't we, Felipe, from the deal that's happened is just the amount of abuse that Myra has been receiving online after after this announcement and we completely condemn all of that abuse and it seems like it's a sad consequence of being such a high profile player. Yes, it's it was honestly, you know, I, I know in speaking with you, Sophie, off off offline, it, I I described it as disgusting. It was the vitriol was was everywhere, every social media post, whether it was in English, Spanish uh, you know, there were posts from people just abusing Mayra Ramirez based on her appearance. And, you know, I, I think what this says, unfortunately, is that is that is what these players are subjecting themselves to every single day, especially women's footballers and, and, and women of color. And so, you know, I, I know that in specifically in South America, there is a a tone on social media, both in men's and women's football, especially in men's football, where commenters take to the comment section to, you know, run their best joke at the expense of a player or a coach or a situation. Uh, and that was very evident as soon as my Ramirez was announced as a, rec- a world record signing. Very few comments were about her 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 tactical fit with Chelsea, her her past as a player. Uh, I think the the fact that she isn't a, a well known player also leads to that. But the fact that she has to deal with this uh, on a consistent basis, hopefully she's just not aware of it. But I know it was something that continues to pop up. It is being discussed uh, among my colleagues, and it's just an unfortunate uh, reality that we face in the sport. I think that's a really important issue to raise. And we've spoken on the podcast before about the abuse that Lauren James has received and how important it is to recognise the racial element to that as well. So we do completely condemn that abuse. want to end the show on a little bit of a lighter note. Uh, Ramirez should be back in action for Chelsea against Everton on Sunday in the WSL. How do we think she's going to score her first goal? Felipe, you go first. I think it's going to be a header, honestly. I think she is a, like I said before, first of all, her technique in the air is very polished. Uh, and she is a fearless player. She's a fearless player in the box. So I think she'll be attacking uh, those types of services from the flanks uh, relentlessly. And I can see it happening. Watch it. A header. Snap down header to the ground. Goal. <laughs> Charlotte? I just really want that to come to fruition <laughs> and we'll just get the goal in Felipe's commentary. <laughs> I'm going to go in, you know, close range, nothing spectacular or long range effort. It'll be close range, uh, sneaking in, tapped and yeah, gets the job done. I think that's what Ramirez does. And maybe with a sneaky little turn in there, just for me. (laughs) (laughs) I'd enjoy that. All right. Thank you so much for joining me, Charlotte Harper and Felipe Cardenas. Gracias. Muchas gracias. Hasta la próxima. 
For more on Ramirez, Chelsea and all of women's football, check out The Athletic. Right now, a subscription is just $1.99 a month for 12 months. Search theathletic.com slash WSL to sign up. We'd love you to rate and review the show and click follow on your podcast feed. You can drop me an email on fte at theathletic.com or message us on at theathleticfc on Twitter and Instagram. Speak next week. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Full Time Europe, part of the Athletic Football Podcast Network. The producer was Sophie Penny and the executive producer was Abby Patterson. To discover and listen to other great athletic podcasts just like this one, including our brand new daily football briefing, search for The Athletic on Apple, Spotify and everywhere else you get your audio on demand. The Athletic. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.